0: This is Honest Math Chat, an elementary teacher podcast. Today is episode eight, Boosting Participation in Math Discussions. Today, we will chat all about how you can increase participation in your math discussions. I'll give you tangible tips from my own classroom, and we'll talk about how the research says that math discussions can transform our students' learning and math thinking. Math classroom culture, math mindset, and student-centered instructional practices are just a few of the topics that we will cover on the Honest Math Chat, an elementary teacher podcast. We will feature practical ideas from teachers for all teachers. See, this podcast is all about helping you create a classroom where students are empowered to love and deeply understand math. If you want the math classroom of your dreams, or let's face it, maybe you've never dreamed about math because it's not your thing, come alongside as I, a former math hater, turned math teacher cheerleader, show you how you can transform your elementary's classroom from just getting through the math lesson each day to making math your favorite part of the day and your student's favorite part. Let's get this honest chat started, shall we? Today, we're going to jump in and talk right away about getting your students participating in math class, getting them talking in math, doing their work, thinking about math, grappling with complex and challenging problems that require more than just doing the strategy and following the steps but really getting them participating in analyzing different paths to get to a solution. Getting them participating in coming up with ideas on which strategy matches their ideas and skill sets best. I want to help you get your students motivated to participate in math, but this is hard work. Today, we're gonna focus on giving students opportunities to participate in math discussions specifically. The reality is, is that math discussions don't happen in a lot of math classrooms, but they're so important. And we're going to talk a little bit about why they're important. But first, I want to pause and give you a second to think. Do you have real discussions in your math class? Some of the research I was reading was about how teachers say and think they're having discussions, but actually what's happening isn't a discussion, but more just sharing answers, talking about what to do or how to do it, and not an actual true discussion. So take a second and think are you having discussions in your math class? Because discussions take our students from passively taking in information to actively making meaning. And that's what we want for our students, right? We want them making meaning in our math classes. Discussions support students' critical thinking. And they help students collaboratively problem-solve, and build those problem-solving skills, those real-life skills that we want students to have. So the call for math discussions shows up everywhere in the Common Core standards, in the content areas, and in the speaking and listening standards. We see it in the next-generation science standards, in the college and career readiness And even in the Danielson framework for teaching, the call for discussions is everywhere. Even in my favorite book, Principles to Action, which was a book put out in 2014 by NCTM, the National Council for Teachers of Mathematics. And in Principles to Action, it says, Discourse about tasks that promote reasoning and problem solving is the primary mechanism for developing conceptual understanding and meaningful learning of mathematics. This book is saying that discourse discussions are the primary mechanism to getting our students to understand math conceptually. Another quote from that same book says, students who learn to articulate and justify their own mathematical ideas and reason through their own and others mathematical expressions and explanations and provide a rationale for their answers, they develop a deep understanding that is critical to their success in math and related fields. So again, this research is calling for us to give students opportunities to discuss their math ideas and reason through their um, their peers' mathematical ideas. So I want to say one more thing is that if you look at the standards for mathematical practice, I, and I know that not every school district and state use the Common Core standards, but the math, the standards for mathematical practice are top notch and they are asking for our students to have math discussions as well things like re, um, number two is reason abstractly and quantitatively. Yeah, we've got a reason, but it's best to do that in our elementary school classrooms through discussions, right? And then um, construct viable arguments and critique the reasoning of others. How else are we going to do that than other in otherwise in discussions? So that's the research on math discussions. And obviously, that's just a very brief like version of it. But it's everywhere. And I just want to tell you a little story about math discussions in my own classroom. And maybe you can relate. So I'm actually going to start this story with reading. I love a great read aloud. And I love the look that kids get in their eyes when they discover like the problem in the story or they notice the character's motivation. I see the wheels turning as they are making connections and predictions, and there's like nothing better than those little hands shooting up in the air and waving around without abandonment because their ideas are so important to share. The excitement kids have for sharing their ideas about reading is something that just lights my teacher fire. I love a good discussion of a read-aloud, I love when students are like referencing the pictures and the dialogue and they're talking about the character traits and um, they're talking about how the characters are attempting to solve the problem. All while I've not taught them that skill specifically, I'm just reading them a good book. And it's like the easiest way to engage kids in a discussion. And to be honest with you, I only have these types of discussion in literacy for my first like five years of teaching. Math looked vastly different than literacy in my classroom. Um, I showed students how to achieve the objective of the day. I showed them. I wrote it on the board. I demonstrated what they should do. We practiced it and then they went back to their workbooks and they repeated what I showed them how to do. There was no excitement. There was no discovery. Like occasionally a kid would figure it out like faster than I could explain it, or they'd find a different way and they'd share it. And we'd have like a glimmer of what I love so much about reading, you know, like the sharing of ideas and learning from one another, but that wasn't the norm. And it wasn't until I learned about a different way about how to have student-led math that I started to see how I could take what I did in reading and do it in math. And of course, this is all in another episode. It's called Math Classroom Community, Four Things You Do in Reading That You Can Do in Math. And that was really what happened. I figured out that I could give my students worthy math tasks and have students discover methods and discover the answer, then explain and share with their class so that they could learn from one another. And it wasn't until I started approaching math problems like stories, like the stories I read to my students, and believing that my students already had the ability inside of them to uncover the solutions, just like I did with the books I read aloud, I trusted that they could understand that book and that they could figure out the characters' motivations and uncover the plot. I had to start doing that with math stories, too. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not all a Barbie dreamland over here. Having a discussion with 25 third graders on the west side of Chicago took a lot of planning and a lot of practice. I used a lot of engagement strategies, practicing a ton of routines, and lots of lessons on establishing a positive and supportive classroom community. However, The growth that my students made because of math discussions was unbelievable. I couldn't go back. Their their verbal expression was light years from where we were. And it was showing up in their ability to remember the concepts that we were learning later down the road. And they were able to apply it in new contexts. Everything I was missing before So in that moment, I made the commitment to myself that I would never say I don't have time to do a discussion or a debrief. In fact, I made sure that I had time for the discussion and I started to cut out some of the other stuff, some of the busy work, some of the extra problems and extra worksheets. So let's figure out how you can get your students participating in a math discussion. Because I want your students, every single student, every day to feel that excitement of a math discussion. So here are my three best tips for boosting participation in every student, every day in math discussion. Number one, make it clear how you want your students to participate. Clarity here is key. Spend time every single day reminding, reviewing, explaining how you expect students to participate. So let's break down what participation is. What does it look like to participate in math? In my classroom it means actively listening. I'm a big proponent of eye contact. Um and you can tease out with your students what it means to actively listen, but really that idea that our our ears are taking it in and our it's going straight to our brain, right? And we're keeping ourselves active in the process of listening. And I'm also, or so also participating in our class means nonverbal communication. Our posture, our facial expressions, our signals that we might use with our hands, those are all ways that we can show that we are participating. And then, of course, participating by speaking, sharing by speaking about your own thinking, responding to someone else's thinking, asking questions. And speaking of thinking, I like to make sure my students know that thinking is a way that we participate. One of my favorite things to do is to give students a thinking task. A lot of times I even forget that this is a way that students can participate. So I review, you know, how to actively listen, how to give signals to show that they're thinking. But I also like to say, you know what, today I really want you to focus on thinking about Which of these strategies is most efficient? And that is a way that you can participate. That really gives students an in, right? If they're not ready to speak in the discussion or if they're a student who maybe has a hard time listening, um, this thinking task is something we can all do. All right. So tip number two on boosting participation for every student in your math discussion is making sure what you're doing is worthy of participation. Is the work you're giving your students relevant, exciting, and interesting, and rigorous? Because problems that aren't just aren't worth talking about. And this one might be hard to swallow, but I got to keep it real with you, friend. You have got to make sure that the work you're doing is worthy Picking that worthy math task is so important. You can have the best teacher moment of your life, but if what you're presenting to your students isn't relevant and rigorous, then they won't participate. I mean, those same like four to five kids will. But if you want every child participating, then we got to make sure what you're putting in front of them is going to entice them to participate. So, let's break that down a little bit more. What is a t- what makes a task relevant? Does it relate to their lives? Is it a problem that they're likely to encounter? Thinking about what makes a task relevant to your specific students is key when choosing a math task. What makes a task exciting and interesting? I think this varies for every grade level, region, and student population, but tasks needs tasks need to have something that's going to spark that curiosity. Try presenting an image that's related to the problem first. Show them a picture of a basket of stickers and tell them that you added 86 stickers and now there are 109 stickers. Ask them to figure out how many are in that basket in the picture before you added the 86. Just this fact of seeing an image of the actual stickers could be enough to get them excited or relate to a project that you're doing in science or social studies. All right, but what about rigor? Teachers shy away from giving students complex problems that are rigorous. Our tendency is to make things easier, right? Because we want to help our students. It's natural. But I want to push you to say, students can see right through it when we give them fluff or when we tell them exactly what we think they should do. Actually, they come to, like, start to count on it. They start relying on us to tell them what to do and to take their own thinking out of it. Do you have that problem in your classroom where they look at you and they're like, this one's hard, and they kind of pause and wait for you to tell them what to do next? Yeah, I'm actually battling that with my third graders in this moment. Sometimes we have to undo some bad habits, but I urge you to give them complex problems and show your students you know that they can rise to the rigor. All right, but that's it for another time. We're going to dig into that even more. So let's give our students rigorous work. Let's show them that we believe they can do hard things and that you're going to support them in analyzing their mistakes and then using them to improve. So take a second to think about what small shifts you can make to the task in your lesson that can engage students and motivate them to participate. All right, tip number three for boosting participation in all your learners every day is reflect on your classroom community. Do your students feel safe to participate? In order for students to take a risk and put themselves out there in front of their peers by participating in a math discussion and sharing their thinking, then we've got to ensure our students feel safe. So how do we ensure that our students feel safe in our classroom community? Well, we develop relationships. That's episode seven. If you didn't listen, go on back and listen. And then we teach our students how to collaborate and work together. We create structures to ensure that our students follow the norms and that our classroom is calm. And I'll link in the show notes the norms I use in my classroom if you want um, to take a look at those. And if you want a refresher on developing your math classroom culture, check out episode five. And I'm always here to chat with you about your specific needs. Comment on the podcast or slide into my DMs on Instagram at local.learners and let me know what your students are up to, how it's going, what you're hoping for or wanting for your students to do more of this year. I'm here to help you. I'm your teacher, math, your math teacher bestie. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Talk soon, friend. Well, that was the chat for the day, friends. I hope that it filled you up gave you some ideas to implement tomorrow, and that you felt like you were chatting with your math teacher bestie, because that's what it's all about. If you haven't downloaded my ebook yet, Five Steps to a Student-Centered Math Class, go right now, www.locallearnersandco.com ebook. You'll get five clear steps to engage your students and drive toward real deep math understanding. As always, if you have questions or comments, make sure to let me know. Check out the show notes and then, of course, subscribe to the podcast because that's what you do with podcasts. Can't wait to talk to you soon. Have a great rest of your day. Peace, friend.